Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. That's two free weeks at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Again, onepasswordcom slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepasswordcom slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter uplift desk a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work and that's just the beginning of what uplift desk has to offer with an emphasis on ergonomics and customization uplift desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals whether you're coding designing or podcasting like i am right now the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's up 
liftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. There's a huge visibility bias where all you can see is social media. And so it's easy to say, well, they're successful and they're super active on social media. Therefore, I must be active on social media if I want to be successful. But the reality is that's not the case. I'd like to welcome John Meese to the Productivities Podcast. John, thanks for joining me today. Hey, it is my pleasure to be here, Mike. I'm super excited to be here. So when this episode comes out, mm -hmm. uh, what I ask every guest to do is to share it on social using the hashtags and, and mentioning productivists. So will you be able to do that's that? Awkward. Will you be able to do that? Well, that's an awkward question. I might have to uh, might have to create a social media account to do that. Um, so probably not. Let's talk a bit about that. I want to, I mean, I've written and I've done a talk called the social media productivity balancing act. And, sure. uh, you know, you, uh, there's an old podcast episode of it. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, the talk I haven't done in a long time. I did it at social media camp here in Victoria, BC. But one of the things when, when we hopped on the call is I said, well, is there anything in particular you want to talk about? And you said, well, I want to talk about how, um, one of the things I'm interested in talking about is social media and productivity and how I don't, use social media and yet you teach marketing. So how does that, like what are the principles that apply there and how do yeah. you kind of make that work? Well, uh, it's a good question. And I love, I'm excited to talk about it. I think it's a, it's a fun topic for me just because it is kind of a hot button for a lot of people, especially in the marketing world. But um, yeah, I don't, I deleted all of my social media accounts. So I'm not one of those purists. Like uh, I think Cal Newport can say that he's like never had a social media account. Yep. No. I drank the Kool-Aid, I went full social media, and then I came back and I said, you know what, maybe not, and I deleted everything. So I will say his book, Digital Minimalism, was really a, an inflection point in that process for me. But that's not really where it started. I'd already gotten off Facebook before I read that book, then I got rid of everything. So in my mind, there's really two different kind of like sides to the argument for why not social media. And I should give the disclaimer first that I don't hate social media right. and that I actually think that there are appropriate uses for it and purpose for it. But I do feel like social media gets this sort of like this elevated position of almost like an altar to worship at in the marketing world that I think is unjustified. So I'll say that much. Um, but uh, there's sort of the productivity argument for not social media. And you can probably just infer that by going like, well, you know, it's really distracting. Uh, but we can talk more about that. But the, the what I'd love to really talk about is actually the business argument for why not social media. Because mm -hmm. I think that's really not talked about enough is that Really, if you want to grow your business, Mike, so like you, you think right now you're like, man, you know what? I want to get more, uh, yeah, I want to get more people to buy my upcoming book, and I want to get more people to uh, subscribe and to to my podcast. Well, then it's pretty natural for you to look around and look at other people who are succeeding, and say, okay, well, what are they doing, right? Well, if you look around at any of your competitors to figure out what they're doing, the only thing you can really see, the only thing that you as an outsider are privy to. Are, is the quantity and quality of posts and engagement on their social media profiles. In other words, you can't see how many people are finding their content through search engine search results on Google. You can't really see how many people are picking up the phone and talking to a sales rep about the business. You can't see how many people are clicking and opening every uh, daily or weekly emails from your competitors. 
So all you can see is social media. So it creates this visibility bias where in every industry today, if you want to grow your business and you look at what your competitors are doing, there's a huge visibility bias where all you can see is social media. And so it's easy to say, well, they're successful and they're super active on social media. Therefore, I must be active on social media if I want to be successful. But the reality is that's not the case. The reality is the research shows that social media is a good place to reach new audiences. So it's a great place to kind of get your word out there and build a following, but it's not actually where business happens. The right. vast majority of actual purchases happen via email and directly on someone's website through search or through uh, phone conversations or through Zoom conversations. I mean, that one email subscriber is uh, one email subscriber is between 10 to 15 times, depending upon the industry and the study, between 10 to 15 times more likely to make a purchase than one social media follower. In other words, 100 email subscribers is actually more valuable than 1,000 social media followers. What's interesting is that a lot of people, when the, and this metric still applies, it's applied forever, is people go, oh my God, look how many followers you have. You must be this. You must have this. And mm -hmm. often those metrics aren't, and, and essentially larger businesses, and I see this for advertisers as well, is that when someone wants to advertise with, with, you know, with us, um, they want to know how many followers you have and what this is. And those numbers are the ones that are front facing, but the smarter ones go, well, okay, what, it, how many followers do your followers have? Like how many, yeah. like you go deeper into it. That's where it can be helpful, but it's, it's kind of like, and, and I remember having this, uh, this, uh, conversation, a brief conversation with someone at uh, traffic and conversion. And it was brief because it was a quick exchange where someone walked by me and they said, they, I didn't know who they were. They, they said, Hey, love your podcast. And then I said, thanks. And then that was the, the extent of it. And I thought the podcast isn't my main thing. It's right. one of the things, but I, I, I'm a writer first and foremost. I mean, it, it'd be like the same thing if someone says, hey, I love your YouTube videos. That's just part of, and, and we'll talk about personal branding to a degree as well. Mark. Yeah. But I think that that um, with social media, it, you're right. It's this this sense of if I'm putting stuff out on social, then I'm doing marketing or then I'm, I'm sending it out there. So therefore... Uh, you know, I should be getting business. I should be, um, I'm doing something. Um, but like you said, the ROI isn't that, it, it is, is not what you would anticipate it to be. Totally. Well, so, in, and what I really want people to do, I mean, what I've done is have really said, look, social media, first of all, when we say social media, that's a whole category of, right. of platforms, right? I mean, that's, that includes vastly different categories like Instagram, like Facebook, like Twitter, like Snapchat, like TikTok. Um, like all of these different platforms, I'm sure others that I'm not listing, that's not the point. My point is that what I really want people to do when we talk about this whole idea of this visibility bias is to take every single one of those social media platforms and put them back on the shelf right next to every single other marketing platform that you have access to, right? So you can focus on search engine optimization, you can focus on paid advertising, or you can create a referral or affiliate program, or you can be on Facebook, or you can be on Twitter, or you can be, these are all different techniques and platforms that you, there's both techniques within the platforms that you can do to grow your business. But what I want people to do is just look at that whole menu and then make a selection of say, what am I going to focus on right now? And so you may decide that, you know what, your target audience is really active on Instagram. And so Instagram is going to be a huge part of your marketing strategy. But that doesn't mean you have to go out there and create content on 17 different social media platforms. That just means Instagram is a marketing strategy that you're using and you have to have a plan. Like how does this build your business? And so that's really all I'm really recommending is saying social media without a strategy is a waste of time. Would you argue, and I've heard this advice before, I've taken it too, that regardless of what platforms you focus on, that you should at least try to claim your brand or your name or stuff in the different platforms to number one, protect 
your brand and your image? And number two, be able to direct them to where you are. So I've, I've gone back and forth on this. And I would say currently my position on this is, is no. And here's two reasons. First of all, the first argument to create like a profile on every single social media platform is to claim your name. So other people can have that name or to protect your brand or something like that. But the reality is if somebody tries to impersonate you, you can always con- – every platform has a way that you can contact them and have them take that down because someone's impersonating you. Right. If someone else just has a similar name or brand, that's a whole different issue. But what I've here's, – here's what it is. When you create a username and you create a basic profile on every social media platform, well, now that's going to show up in people's search. But is that the best reflection of your brand? Right. right. Is the Twitter account that you created three years ago that you've never posted anything on, is that actually the best – reflection of who you are online, even if you post on there, hey, I'm not here, but go here instead. Well, someone is searching online at Google, even if they just Google your name, and they see that a Twitter page shows up, a Twitter profile shows up in one of the first results, and they click into it. Well, now all of a sudden, they're like, oh, man, this was a dud. This was a dead end. This is not really what I was looking for. And it actually is, in my mind, I think it's actually a ding against your productivity or against your your perception of your respect from that person. So personally, now, and I will say, like with the businesses that I work with, so, so like Platform University, for example, or Cowork Columbia, this new business entrepreneur center that I started. With each of those, like we've, I started with Cowork Columbia. We created a Facebook page, an Instagram page, you know, just because it's what people do. But then we deleted the Facebook page because I looked at it and I said, well, you know what? Sure, if somebody searches on Facebook, they can find my business. But this isn't really a reflection of who we are because we're just not spending any time or energy on this platform. And so we just deleted it and said, you know what? No, we'd rather someone search and end up coming to our website or our Instagram profile because. Our Instagram profile is part of our primary growth strategy for that business. Um, so, but I don't personally manage that. So that's a whole nother, that's right. a whole nother process. Well, and another thing is, um, it's that back to Cal Newport, the, the idea of attention residue. If you create yes. something like that, your brain knows that it's there. And then there is a propensity, especially from the productivity side for you to go there and noodle yeah. around and do things like that. Whereas if you just don't do it, then you've, you know, to use a Tony Robbins term, you've cut off, you've decided, you've cut off all options to not, I mean, there's no reason for you to go there. I think that that's another yeah. big thing to keep in mind. Totally. It's so freeing. Cause I remember when I had like an account on everything, you know, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Periscope, you know, Instagram, all of those things. <laughs> Mere then <cats>. anything, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Anything I wasn't posting on, there was probably like, if I remembered it, like someone mentioned Snapchat, I was like, oh yeah, I have a Snapchat profile. There was like this element of guilt. Like, oh man, I'm not really doing enough with that. Yep. But now it's so freeing that I've just got rid of all of those. I said, you know what? I, I need to ask the question, what is the highest leverage use of my time and attention? And what are all the things that I should be doing that I'm not doing? I started making the list. And it was things like creating content regularly on YouTube, which I had never done. It was things like writing every day and actually working on a book project, which I had never done. And it was things like writing more often on my on my blog and then writing an original newsletter for Platform University. And so I started going on this list. I was like, okay, well, why am I not doing those things? Because those are obviously super important. And it was like, well, I don't have enough time. And then I just changed that. And I said, well, what if I take everything else off the table and rebuild it? And so now I'm publishing content on my YouTube channel on a regular basis, uh, at least weekly, sometimes twice a week. I'm actually currently in the process of, of writing a book. Uh, I'm writing an original, you know, highly valuable newsletter that goes out to over 100,000 subscribers every single week for Platform University, and they love it and they eat it up and all this stuff. And, and like, it's, it's just such a win compared to the, you know, handful of likes or shares that I would have got by spending the exact same time creating social media content that's here one moment and gone the next. Here's an interesting uh, question to pose. And, and uh, I, the only reason I ask this is because it does have all of the um, bellwethers and, and kind of features of social media platforms. 
Do you consider YouTube to be a social media platform? That's a good question. And I think it sort of is, but it, what, YouTube is actually kind of like um, Pinterest in that it's a social media platform that works very differently than every other platform and that it's a social search engine. That's mm -hmm. what it is. You know, like, um, you know, everyone knows the number one search engine in the world in Google. But if you ask someone, okay, well, what's the number two search engine in the world? They might think, well, is it Yahoo? Is it Bing? No, it's YouTube. Yep. Um, so that, so YouTube is, you know, and there's times when it's actually surpassed Google and especially in certain industries, it's a search engine. It operates like a social media platform in that you've got, you know, likes and shares and comments and that kind of stuff, but that's really secondary. And, um, similar to Pinterest, one of the things that I love about YouTube is the fact that it really favors long tail content and favors con some of the top ranked videos on YouTube right now are two or three years old. Mm -hmm. Right. And so people are creating this content and it's giving them value. I mean, it's, it's helping them grow their audience and grow their business for months and years after you create it. Now that's exciting for me because that feels like leveraged work, right? Where I'm doing something today that's building my business for the next two or three years. Instagram stories by contrast, right? They expire in 24 yep. hours. You do all this work to create the best possible Instagram story and then it dies. Yep. It just, it, that is not exciting to me. Now, you know what I've been exploring lately and you mentioned it off the top is TikTok. So mm, yeah. I've been, but what's, what I've found fascinating about it is it's, it's fun. It's fun it to really do. Fun. It is a lot of fun and you can, again, it, it, I was thinking about it because uh, my daughter who is, uh, loves TikTok, she's in that age range though. She's in that category. And I'm like, okay, I'm not doing it to necessarily, I look at it as, again, this, this leads into the personal branding part because lately Mike Vardy is becoming more of the brand than productivityist. I, you know, not that productivityist yeah. isn't, isn't, uh, the reason I'm doing that is because productivity is people call me the productivityist, even though that was never the intent, but much like I'm sure you can <laughs> agree, uh, you don't get to decide necessarily what you, when you put stuff out there, yeah. your audience tends to, so product, uh, Mike Vardy is the real master. Right, yeah. right. So. They want that authentic. I mean, there's that there's that fun, that playfulness there. But I am throwing in some of my productivity stuff there because I'm finding fun, unique, creative ways based on my old theater and comedy background and stuff like that. I'm able to do that. What I love is that I could share that to Instagram stories, so I can share. A That's 15, cool. Yeah. So that so it's it, the reason I bring that up is um, you can. Again, this this takes deliberate, and again, back to Cal Newport, deliberate practice, deliberate understanding, purposeful, you know, you're not just doing things for the sake of doing them, is going, okay, uh, I am I have an Instagram account. I don't really post to it very often, but I do. I like posting things, especially visuals of, like, my processes and things like that. I think that, that there's value there, and I, I've, I've seen it, but I'm not focused on it. But then Instagram stories, when you're on Instagram, you see that little thing that says, where's your story? Where's your story? Where's your story? Mm -hmm. This TikTok thing that what I'm doing with TikTok solves that problem. So I think not everybody can be Gary Vee and nobody should, nobody should be other than Gary v Vaynerchuk, right? Because he, I mean, that's his opus, um, you know, modus operandi is to create more. Gary Vee is even Gary Vee. There are 700 yeah. people that work for him that help him exactly. be Gary That's my point is that he creates yeah. one piece of content and then everybody's. So yeah. I think there's ways to like, there's ways to do it responsibly. So if someone yeah. is, doesn't want to take the drastic measures that you took, because they would consider them drastic. Some people would say, oh my God, I can't delete all my accounts. What about my friends from high school? What about this? What sure. about this? What about this? Where can they start to kind of wean their way off of it? Yeah, so the the first thing I would do is I would experience. Well, I would actually take Cal Newport's advice, not mine, which is he talks about this um, digital detox of really just 
I mean, this is how I started was I actually, I reset the password, on every single one of my social media accounts. And I said, okay, I'm going to stay off of it for 30 days. And then I would just reevaluate and like, I would just change your default. So now your default is not using social media. And now you can choose as an adult. I mean, as a, as a mature human being, you can make a decision and you can, you can say, okay, you know what? I really, really miss Twitter because I love the way that it really helps me feel informed by having this feed of really following the people that I respect. And so I just feel more intention. I feel more intelligent when I'm on Twitter. And so I miss that. And so I want to do that. And that's fine. But let that be the reason why you're using it. Make sure you know why you're using these platforms. So let's say you want to keep your Facebook profile because you want to stay connected to your high school friends. Well, first of all, I would challenge that a little bit and say, okay, well, the word friend has been watered down today <laughs> yep. for sure. So we'll think about what do you actually want out of a relationship? And so for me, I started making a list of what a, like a real friendship looks like to me. And I realized I wasn't really spending time cultivating real friendships. I had the illusion of friendship with these online followers. And so in, instead, I started making it a habit to get out of the house and meet up with a friend for a drink or you know, get lunch with a friend or schedule a Zoom call or just pick up the phone and call a friend, right? Not having social media doesn't mean that I don't talk to human beings. It actually means, for me, it means I'm having more intentional conversation. Um, so I would just say, yeah, you can still have social media, but I, want, I just want you to change your default to having no social media and then choosing consciously which platforms that you're going to spend time on that you're going you're gonna to continue. Because the kind of the default in the world today is like by default, it's like you wake up, you're, you were born, someone named you and then created your username on 17 different social media platforms. So that's just sort of like part of, it just somehow became part of humanity. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure it really deserves to have that high of a pedestal. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout, oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklinen and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. 
Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food. It's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? It's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger... Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, I'm going to take a break from the conversation now to talk about our sponsors. And I'm always trying to find sponsors that will help you with your productivity and with things that can affect your productivity. And our sponsor that we're going to talk about right now is BetterHelp. And BetterHelp will help you with your productivity because they've helped me with my productivity. I've had the opportunity to work with BetterHelp for several weeks now. And I have to say that I'm feeling much better about my anxiety, all the things that that can kind of come to the fore uh, when you're facing a lot of uncertainty or you're feeling a bit overwhelmed or you've got a lot on your plate. But there's lots of other things that BetterHelp can help you with. They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, relationships, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, anger. And the great thing about BetterHelp is they'll assess your needs and then match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So you can do this all from the comfort of your home in a safe and private online environment. It's incredibly convenient, especially when you may not necessarily have the time or energy to go someplace. The fact that you can connect with your counselor via things like a video call, a phone call, uh, chat options, messaging, all that stuff, it just makes it so much easier to get the help that you need. And this isn't self-help. This is professional counseling. And you know, the other thing that BetterHelp is committed to doing is facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free 
to change counselors if needed. And, and I've experienced this. I, I had to change my counselor. And it was not because anything the counselor did. The counselor was fantastic. It was just there was there was a bit of a mismatch. And basically, it was done simply and easily. And I've already had a session with my new counselor. And we picked up right where I felt I left off. I went over some of the stuff that was that I felt I was going through. And uh, just felt like BetterHelp has has given me the tools I need that will allow me to, you know, get out of my own way, <laughs> maybe, and 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 not uh, keep me from achieving the goals I want to achieve. So, if you want to start living a happier life today, you'll get ten percent off of your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com/timecrafting. Again, with BetterHelp, anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, affordable. And BetterHelp is getting so popular. So many people have been using it that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So you don't want to miss this offer that BetterHelp is giving listeners of the Productivity is Podcast. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health, including yours truly. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash timecrafting and get that 10% off your first month today. You've probably heard me talk about my time crafting methodology on this podcast before, whether you're a new listener or you've been seasoned and listening for a while. Well, if you've been wanting to tap into the power of time crafting, but you're not sure where to start, I've got something for you. It's called 30 Days of Time Crafting. And what it does is it's a guided email program complete with other downloadable actions and and worksheets and things of that nature that will help you gain and and understand the fundamentals of time crafting so that you can start to craft your time. I go over the things like I've talked about before, time theming, mode-based work, the power of journaling and productivity, and so much more. By the time you've gone through the 30 days of time crafting program, you are going to be able to craft your time better than ever before. And the best part, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to make this happen. The 30 days of time crafting program is just $5 guaranteed. So what are you waiting for? If you want to make the most of your time, define your days, filter your focus and make every moment matter, sign up for 30 days of time crafting today. All you need to do is go to productivityist.com slash $5. That's the number five spelled out F-I-V-E dollars. And you'll be able to sign up for the 30 days of time crafting program right away. And you'll get started right away. I structured this course in a way that allows it to drip out slowly to you so that you're not overwhelmed. And I think after a 30 day period, in fact, I know after a 30 day period that you're going to be able to take the fundamentals of my time crafting methodology and put it to excellent use. So again, if you're interested, take that 30 days of time crafting course. It's only $5. That's productivityist.com slash $5. I hope to see you there. Let's talk about platforms. Sure. Um, you know, Let's do it. And, and the idea of other platforms that you do encourage people to spend time on and, and is a productive use of their time. I mean, you've got, I mean, you will, we'll touch on platform university in a bit, but if someone is, so they're, they're, they're going down this path and like, you know what, what you're saying, it clicks. And mm-hmm. I mean, as we're talking, I'm like, yeah, you know what? There's some stuff. I mean, I have a Snapchat account. I can't remember the last time I used <laughs> it. Um, there's certain ones and I've deleted other accounts in the past too. Sure. Um, what platforms are, you mentioned the email newsletter that you do, but what are some of the platforms that, that you think if people are going to take that time uh, away from social media, yeah. where, where is the best 
investment of their time? Where do you think they should look and, and, and possibly begin? It's, uh, it's not the newest, hippest thing, right? It's not the trendy headline, but email is the only online marketing and online communication medium which has supported profitable online businesses and full-time entrepreneurs for more than 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. Like before any of these other platforms exist. If you go right now to try to create a new Instagram or Facebook account, the first thing they ask you for is your email address because that is how, because email is the, it's the infrastructure on which the internet is built. So with that, I would say, I would focus first and foremost to make sure that you're, you're building an email list and you're creating content for your email subscribers on a regular basis, at least once a week. Now, then the question becomes, well, where do those subscribers come from? Right? And so then I would say that depends on where you are at. If you're just starting from scratch, like if you're just building a new audience around your personality around your topic, around your niche, around whatever, however you want to help people and serve the world, well, then you should actually start with not on social media. You should start by picking up your phone and calling or texting people that you know might be interested in that and just asking them, hey, I'm creating this new thing. Uh, I think you might like it. Would you want to follow along? And if they say yes, then you say, great, what's your email address? I'll add you to my new newsletter. Done. And so we see people build their email list, their first 100, 200, or 300 email subscribers just from this making phone calls and texts. And it's, you know, quote unquote, old fashioned. Um, but it works. Now, then once you do that, then you can decide, okay, how do you want to grow from there? At a certain point, you run out of contacts. Um, and you, and then at that point, it makes more sense to say, okay, where's my audience already hanging out? And then in your case, Mike, I would say, okay, confession time. I don't, I can still get away with saying that I don't have a social media account because my wife and I created a joint TikTok account, right? It's the ah, many. There it is. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can, I can get away with saying that I don't have a personal one because really she runs it primarily. And then I log in and laugh at things. Mm-hmm. Um, but TikTok is hilarious and it is, it is a really fun platform. But the question isn't really like from a business perspective perspective, it's not saying like what's fun. It's saying, well, where's my target audience spending time and looking for information on TikTok, People are looking for entertainment. And so if you're building a platform where entertainment is a huge focus inter- entertainment, inspiration, um, that's a phenomenal platform, especially if you have a younger demographic. Uh, but recently, uh, after some people were had a lot more time at home, there's been this huge uptick in uh, TikTok use of people over 30. Hashtag so, over 30, hashtag over 40. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> over 30, hashtag over, and then I saw hashtag over uh, 60 start trending too. So there's all these, <laughs> you know, <laughs> other, other people who are invading uh, TikTok. It's a fun platform, but when I'm trying to teach people how to like, build your email list and, you know, sell online courses. I'm not trying to use TikTok to promote that because I just know that, first of all, my target audience isn't spending a lot of time there. And secondly, when they are, that's not what they're looking for, right? They're instead, it would make more sense if I was going to focus on a social media campaign, I might look at something like LinkedIn, where there's a lot of business professionals and entrepreneurs um, who are and business owners who all have some sort of expertise and they could really benefit from launching an online course and a blog and a podcast and all that good stuff. Um, or there are certain parts of, so Facebook and Instagram are kind of like the most ubiquitous platforms. And so right. with the right ad campaign, you can get in front of the right audience. But organically, it's tough to do that on those platforms because they're so full now uh, without investing in paid advertising. So just, you know, just know what yourself you're getting into. I think every platform has a purpose, but you just have to get clear first on who are you trying to talk to? And you have to get clarity on that because um, the answer can't be everyone. Uh, right. No one gets that privilege. Let's talk about, Michael Hyatt for a second. Sure. You're like, wait a minute, what? We had Michael Hyatt on the podcast. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. I'll link to that in the show notes. 
I've never heard this story. I'm, I actually uh, got to see you most recently at his offices. Was it, gosh, late? It would have been late uh, 2018. Would it have been late 2018? I think so. The last time I was there, or maybe, yeah, it would have been late 20, no, maybe it was 2019. Either way, I, met, I saw yeah. you at his offices. Um, yes. What led to that, like, what led to that relationship where you're now, I mean, you're, you're with Platform University, and because and, that, that to me is a story that, I mean, I knew of you because you, you've, Spent time with my friend Craig Jarrow, our mutual friend Craig Jarrow before, right? Yes. Um, and then the the next time I heard your name, I'm like, oh, he's he's with Michael Hyatt now. I'm like, wait a minute, what? So what <laughs> led to that? Yeah. Well, okay. So it's a great question, um, and it's been three years of my life, you know, really in that role. So um, it's a good question. So I started out, you know, like when I when I first started blogging and I had my own podcast, um, I was actually a Platform University student. Now it's you know it's a membership site focused on helping really helping people build an online audience at the time it was a lot more you know like it was like the, the thing because when platform university launched you have to remember in internet years this was like a millennia ago right so this was back in 2013 right so you know there were whole lessons on like how to create a facebook page you know which was like a new thing and it just come out um so i started um I, I knew that i i wasn't really satisfied with uh my career prospects as a you know on track to be a phd economist as a professor right. like that was kind of like the track I was on. I was like, this does not feel relevant, but I felt like I wasn't sure what else to do. Right. You know, they don't in college, they don't really tell you a lot of the current paths are available because they just don't know. So, uh, when Michael Hyatt launched the book platform, get noticed in a noisy world, which came, became a number one New York times bestseller immediately internationally translated into, I think 42 languages now. Um, so I read that book cover to cover on a, on a flight and immediately was was hooked and i was like okay this is it i need a platform this is what this is this is today's way of building an audience around your message around your personal brand so i joined platform university as a student i started following their advice you know launching a blog launching a podcast uh building an building a following and i was able to build a full-time income from that within the first year that i was doing it quit my day job and then retire my wife from her job teaching english as a second language to college students uh which was perfect timing because then that's when we had our first son mm -hmm. So that was pretty exciting. And then Michael reached out and said, hey, can we get lunch? And I was like, sure. I mean, that sounds great. I like, I'll buy you lunch. Uh, and then at lunch, him and Megan, uh, so Megan Hyatt Miller, his daughter is also the COO of his company. Um, they said, hey, we've been watching what you've been doing, which I was not aware of. <laughs> and then, so we've been subscribed to your podcast, following your blog. We love what you're doing. And the reality is we want to, we've been looking to bring someone in to a successful student to really help other students see like what's possible with an online platform. So that turned into a really a beautiful partnership in terms of I came in uh, as a really full focused dean of Platform University to restructure the core curriculum. Because at this point, there were over 400 pieces of content in their archive of just, because they would publish something new every week. And you do that for five or six years, that's a lot of content. Yeah. And so we actually just went through that and rebuilt an entire core curriculum path. We looked at like the most successful students and said, okay, what are people doing that's working? And what can we take out of that that's, regardless of industry, what are the common themes? And so we used that to build a whole core curriculum, 13 modules that our new students go through now. And that's been a really, I mean, that's been a really fun project for the last few years. So that's kind of where that came from was really just that conversation. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to share more about that. I haven't really, I don't think I've talked about it publicly too much, but um that's no, been, it, that was it, years ago. Well, yeah. and I think I think that's that what I find fascinating about that story is the fact that you were chosen from the group. So it's like the proof is in the pudding kind of thing, right? Yep, like, exactly. look, 
And um, I, I think that often when people are, uh, when, when you're looking at like success stories or you're looking at the way things kind of unfold, um, a lot of people don't, they don't look at it from that vantage point of like, there's a real thought behind it, right? There's real like a yeah. thoughtful approach. And that's one of the things I've always admired about Michael and about like anyone who's, you know, with and, and you fall into that category is the thoughtful approaches to thing. You just talked about like your thoughtful approaches to removing social media from from the equation and how to actually do it in a strategic way. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the thoughtful use of time, because um, in in when you're facing un, uncharted waters and you, you you've got a co-working space that you've built. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, thought around, well, what's a deadline like, you know, what are the hours you need to put in? And when you're thinking about time right now, as we're recording this, time seems to be more fluid yeah. than ever before. What are, how do you treat time? Like, how do you look at time in terms of, of, and productivity and, and they're the kind of the, the relationship that the two have? It's a great question. And while, you know, it is, it is an uncertain time. And so this has always been an important question, like, yeah. man, you know, time management, but right now it's kind of, it's in your face a lot, you know, that you and have to figure it out. And the great thing is, is that, that this gives you time, pun totally intended, to actually ponder that, that thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first things I, I love this, our, our parish priest actually is the first place I heard this. He said, you know, he said right now, <laughs> Uh, everyone's practicing the three day work week. You've got yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So, and you know, he was, it was tongue in cheek, but it's, it's really true. And it's some version of that was always true, right? You can mm -hmm. make these massive step-by-step -step plans of like how you're going to, you know, like I, there's a, actually a gift shop right next to my co-working space that sells a little notebook that says in the front, um, my plan for world domination. Yeah. Right? I've seen so that you, one. <laughs> yeah. So you can, so you can get that notebook. You can fill that with your plan for world domination, but um, very rarely does it, does it turn out exactly as you expect it. So two things that I do, uh, my philosophy is really that you need to both macro dream and micro execute. Now you can see some economics coming out a little bit there mm -hmm. with my background, but, um, the, but I'll say what I mean by that. You have to macro dream, like you have to dream big because if you don't have an exciting, big goal and vision, it's not motivating. You're not going to find the energy resources to do it. So you have to you have to have these big dreams and motivations. Whether it's like launch, you know, like build a co working space in the middle of a of a city that's never even heard of a co working space, turn it into an entrepreneur center, and launch a training program that's going to change a generation of people in this in this county, right? Which is like with this business that I've done. That's right. huge, and it's it's exciting until you then turn to your to do list, and then all of a sudden it's overwhelming, right? And that's why I think it's really important to macro dream and micro execute. And so by that, I mean, really just focusing on what is the next right thing to do to move me closer to that long-term vision. You have to have both. You have to have a long-term vision that's exciting and motivating, but you also have to have a laser focus on just the next step. And don't, I wouldn't really try to waste too much time mapping out every single step along the way. And I'm a planner. So mm -hmm. uh, that's something that I say after uh, that I've, you know, I've learned is that it's so important to focus on the next one or two steps and get those done and then focus on the next one or two. Um, and, and that's actually the quote on the background on my computer right now while we're talking, by the way, is uh, which I added just recently when times got extra uncertain yep. and I felt like I needed some motivation. It's a quote from Michael J. Fox and says, do the right thing and then do the next right thing. And that will lead you to the next right thing after that. And so that's really just been my my focus uh, 
really that's been how I've done everything now. I've got the uh, I wrote a blog post. I'll link to it in the show notes called the Roosevelt Rule, and there's this quote: "Do what you can where you are with what you have." Oh, I like, love that. There you go, like that. To and 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 to me, I think that um, during uh, during times of uncertainty, I try to engineer as much certainty as possible with the things that it's like the old Jeff Bezos quote: "Focus on the things that don't change." I think yeah. there's always going to be things like that. And so while time is more fluid than most people give it credit for, uh, you know, tasks are the things we have control over. Like we, like everything you talked about just there was task oriented. Time plays yes. a role because time unfolds, but the task is something that you can, it's kind of like fishing, right? Like you, you put your, you put, you cast a rod and I, I'm not a fisher, fisherman. It's the same reason why, like, I probably am not qualified to make this quote because I wrote a book about golf that I don't golf, but yet I still did. <laughs> you, fa- you, 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 you cast your rod and you, you've done everything right and you've got it sitting there and your task is simply to fish and you have no control about what's going to happen there. You could, But the longer you spend there and the longer you've taken time to learn how to do things properly, the, like, the greater likelihood that the task is going, the outcome is going to be desirable and i think that that so many people try to manage time instead of manage their tasks and that's where people really struggle because you can't engineer certainty around time nearly as much as you can around tasks well i love that and if i could share one more thought on that it would be to, to go full nerd and say the fact that we are all time travelers it's just that we're going the exact same direction at the exact same pace forward one day at a time and so once you recognize that, you realize like, oh, I can't actually change the flow of time, but I can change what I do in this moment, and that will change the course of everything from here on out. And so, um, yeah, that's I mean, that's how I make my decisions about where I'm going to spend my time, and I hope that's helpful, whether it be platform building or something else. John, this has been a great conversation. I want to wrap up by asking one more question. If someone is going to try to do something with more deliberation and purpose and strategy, knowing full well what we just touched on, What's one action that they can take today to start moving in that direction? The absolute first thing that I would recommend that you do is that you get crystal clarity on the who. Who were you trying to help? Because once you do that, you unlock the human superpower known as empathy, where you can get inside their head, figure out what problems they have, what fears they have, and then you can build your problems and your content to solve those fears and solve those problems. And so if you get clear on who are the real people, real human beings that you are you are out there to help and everything else becomes clear. Now, the second thing that I would recommend that you do is then sign up for our free newsletter, which will tell you a little more about how to do that tactically. But yeah, so I mean, but the first thing I would say is just get clear on the real uh, person. And then I would sign up for the Teach It Forward newsletter. Where can they uh, sign up for that newsletter? Where can they keep up with you and your work? That is a great question. So you can go to platformuniversity.com slash productivityist. um, And we've got a whole special page there where we laid out, you know, make it super easy and clear how to join our free teach it for newsletter. But also if you do want to go deeper into platform university right now, we're actually doing something we've never done before, which is that normally platform university is just op- like closed most of the year. And we only open it a couple of times, but right now it's open to everybody for just a dollar. You can get us, you can get a one week membership and try it out. And what you'll find there is that we talk about the timeless techniques a lot in there. So we don't talk a little, we don't talk a lot about the latest hack, right? Which combination of hashtags on Instagram are going to make you go viral on Twitter and which TikTok dance is going to get you, you know, on the for you page this weekend. We don't talk about that. Instead, we talk about the principles that have been true for more than 20 years of online business and are probably going to be true for a lot longer moving forward. So um, I hope that's helpful. John, Thanks again for joining me today on the Productivityist Podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.